seen a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. But how, how can you judge on video nasty? Oh, have you never seen one? I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film. The Video Nasties podcast. My name's Christopher Brown. When we talk about um, films on the Video Nasties list that are rare, we normally mean movies that um, haven't seen the light of day again in the UK and may have fallen out of favour elsewhere. What we don't normally mean is films that were only really released in the UK and uh, also fell out of favour. Um. I mean, there are a lot of films on the list that just you just think, self, that's not really ever going to get a proper release again, is it? Um, and particularly when you get into um, the section-free films of, of films that have been seized by the police but not prosecuted, they just don't carry the notoriety that uh, that that uh, some of films say, like maybe um, Frozen Scream, w- probably would do just because they're on the nasties list, which automatically gives it a bit more of an audience. Wrong Way, from made in 1972, um, was incredibly, I think it's fair to say, released in the UK twice. Once, theatrically, which melts my head, uh, and the second time, uncut on VHS, uh, two years later. So 1980, and then again in 1982. The uh, the VHS, the sorry, the cinema release, I believe, was Tygon. Uh, as a triple bill with uh, the Ecstasy Girls and Erotic Confessions, and was uh, toured around as a in a, 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 in, a, in an X-rated cut as a you know in in, in sex clubs, um, and then you've got um, the VHS, which was released uncut uh, on Interocean Video. Safety. Only to 
fall into the hands of a maniacal killer called of hippies. Bizarre? Yes. There's not a huge amount to talk about about Wrong Way. It is a sleazy film, to say the least. But um, I think for me personally, the idea that anybody sat there as a, dist- a UK distributor and went, yep, yeah, we'll get able to get this past the BBFC, no problems, is uh, absolutely bizarre. So, Wrong Way from 1972. It starts with two girls who are driving home the car breaks down in the middle of nowhere. They're kidnapped by a gang of drug crazed daddy o jive talking hippies that are a bit older than probably they're the pretend playing to be, and they are repeatedly raped for a chunk of the film. They escape, but then fall into a death cult. Then our story shifts to a uh, two men and a woman hiding out in a uh, in a cabin. Who the the men want to sell the woman uh, into uh, sexual slavery at a brothel for heroin, and they have sex as well. And then there's a coda at the end where the story's all wrapped up. Wrong way was supposedly, according to the the video cover, directed by a guy called Ron Kelly. Now, that's not actually <laughs> Ron Kelly. Is We believe the director's actually a guy called Ray Williams, who, again, only made one film. Um, there's um, our starlets, who uh, spend a lot of the time um, uh, being uh, naked, lying on a car bonnet, while men with flaccid penises uh, rub against them in simulated rape scenes, played by... Laurel Canyon and Candy Sweet, both of which, of course, are fake names <laughs> to hide their, um, hide where they are. Uh, Laurel Canyon, uh, again, is only credited with, with this. Um, Candy Sweet apparently also t- featured in a, in a part in a film called Tortured Females from six years earlier. How true that is, I don't want to get into. I've not seen Tortured Females. It's not on my list. Um, and um, it's very difficult, particularly with this, to actually have much of much of anybody. And the uh, the get a grip on who any of these actors are, because you know, a it's a long time ago. It's nearly fifty years, and b um, there isn't a great 
you know, trail. These aren't particularly famous. They're not notably famous people. You know, they're people who are clearly in the California, uh, just outside, you know, in California hills, um, shooting uh, what is effectively a very sleazy movie. Um, so Wrong Way um, starts with um, our, our, our couple, our pair of friends. Uh, the car breaks down. They, they they change clothes on the roadside because, you know, they're hot and sweaty. It's understandable. And then they get tricked by some uh, a hippie biker gang who's doing a drug deal on the side as well. They get kidnapped. And then a huge chunk of this film is a um, is that rape scene, basically. It, very, it cuts to bits and bobs like parents turning around and saying, oh, I'm really worried about my daughter. She's gone missing. It's not like her. And there's an inept cop. And there's a hippie soundtrack as well, and it cuts back again and again to the to this like quite extended uh, rape scene. Uh, it's all softcore, and you don't see much, but it, it's fairly fairly it's fairly uncomfortable. Um, I suppose uh, eagle-eyed listeners among you may think to yourself, "That sounds an awful lot like Last House on the Left, doesn't it?" And indeed, it does. Um, the both films were filmed around about the same time. I think what's interesting, obviously, about obviously Last House on the Left, um, and you can argue, you know, it's, it's very sleazy, it's quite grim, and is is is, is properly structured as a film. Uh, wrong way isn't. So we get to this point, then they escape. Um, there's a really weird bit where the the, the couple, um, the both the, the the pair of women, um, turn around and kind of shout out, "Don't leave us!" in the middle of in nowhere so they you know they, they, they wouldn't be able to kind of find help they do find help they find help in a in a, a cult and they kind of the cult kind of the almanar and they basically say ah you know what let's just turn you into sex slaves and then we cut directly to a very different scene which feels like it's on a stage set where there's another sex scene it's all about you know, there's hints of drugs and selling women to prostitution it's all very grim and um which feels like it's entirely been built to bulk out the run order, uh, probably because they ran out of time doing some of this external shoot filming, I'm guessing. And then the entire thing is kind of closed off in terms of the story, as is, um, off camera mainly, um, with a um, over the police radio. So it kind of says, you know, the girls were saved, all this kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's kind of contracted at the end. So, it, you know, a lot cheaper than actually having to film any of that stuff. So the film, well, I mean, I've said that I'm not right. So from the actor's point of view, there's definitely Ron Darby in there who was relatively famous, relatively famous from the, um, from the, from, as a, as a porn star in the seventies. And, um, one, the problem is I'm not an expert in seventies pornography particularly. So I can't exactly give you huge shouts on this, but, um, some of the two, the two main leads are meant to be, according to a, a, a particular uh, place that's trying to sell a, a blue like this, Becky Sharp and Lynn Harris. As I say, if you're an expert in this kind of gear, let us know. See, tell me if I'm right or wrong. I, I, I'm more than happy to correct the record on who these starlets are. But I mean, Ron Darby was is probably the a the only person who's coming coming to this film. I said, that's use me name. <laughs> um, 
and that's usually me porn name. And uh, and and anyway, so that that's that's what it is. I mean, the fact that we've got a character, uh, somebody called Forest Lawn in it, I think says everything you need to know about um, how seriously people were probably taking this film when it was made. So, I think the question around, you know, is this film influenced by Last House on the Left? You know, let's let's pretend it's not, right? So, um, it what it does, it does quite similar. Um, there are definitely, um, you know, two young women uh, are out and about. They get picked up and then basically abused for a chunk of the film. Um, certainly not as well considered as Last House on the Left, and not want you to get the opinion that you know if you, if you if you think that film's important or, or you know, and then you should watch this. Definitely not. You know, this is definitely absolutely designed for driving audiences, um, sleazy flea pit kind of places, and um, it nods and winks its way through. You know, pretty pretty depressing in truth. Um, so the film was picked up as uh, in the UK uh, as part of a, 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 and bundled together with two other movies for the private members club crowd and like the Soho kind of stuff um, it was therefore had to be submitted and was submitted to the BBFC for a certificate, and they immediately cut out 15 minutes of it, of the film, which we, I, I mean, once you watch it, you can probably guess exactly the 15 minutes that were cut out, which is staggering, really. It's, it's kind of a, without those bits, I mean, what does the film offer, I suppose? Not much. I think, for me, personally, it's a really unusual choice to, try, to, to, to look at this. I know it doesn't contain any hardcore sex so maybe the thought process was we might be able to get it past the centers but there's so much sexual violence throughout the film it is very sleazy it is um you know if you're being kind to it you'd say well this is a critique of hippie culture uh you know the death of the the hippie dream and how uh drugs and um and free love has been corrupted uh, and turns into a, um, you know, a violent element within American society. That's the highest level I can possibly eke out of this. Lowest level, it's a sleazy um, movie featuring bikers um, and the fear that Americans have over that biker culture that they will come around, take and just ruin your daughters effectively. <laughs> and is that yeah, and that is done over repeated length of time and like a lot of films that feature that kind of sexual violence, you know, it is done for titillation. Um, anyway, some genius goes, well, it's had a theatrical release. Let's just release it uncut on VHS. Uh, gets seized. Incredibly, incredibly does not get um, prosecuted, which it could easily have done. I'm assuming it's because there's very limited uh, numbers that would have been cr- uh, printed of this and um, they may not have known what they had. But um, but anyway, it is a it is a, a sleazy a sleazy film. Uh, I feel sorry as well for the the saps who who paid them money to see it in the theatre only to watch a, a soft core rough uh, film a rough film featuring gang rape with all the the rough uh, gang rape cut out of it, and uh, I'm assuming just leaving very limited shots of blokes 
arses and a, and a short shot of sunbeard's tits. Um, and that is where the film sits. And probably where we will sadly have to leave it for today. The movie is, um, is not available, uh, anywhere apart from uh, on bootleg, uh, um, on bootleg, uh, DVD. Uh, it's available, I'm assuming as well. If you, if you really rummage around, I'm sure there'll be a, a version available somewhere from a, from the old, you know, the old VHS rip online. If you look through some of the dodgy parts of the internet. Um, one for the completists, perhaps, rather than much more else. Um, but you know, it exists, and there we go. And that's, and I think, although this has been a very short podcast, probably where I will leave it for today. I don't, Nancy, be quiet. Thanks very much for listening. If you want to get hold of me, please do. My email address is videonastypodcast at gmail.com. Get me on Twitter. It's at orange underscore monkey. Or you can get go to the website, thelasthorrorpodcast.com or videonastyspodcast.com, where all the podcasts are uh, linked to or hosted or whatever it is. Um, thanks very much to Laura Davis from Reach uh, Newspapers, who has featured the podcast uh, on their um on the uh, the Listen Up column, which is a podcast um recommendations column uh featuring you know sitting alongside some pretty um decent uh decent decent uh proper proper podcast you know ones with money behind it rather than me and me 20 quid uh stick mic um so that's very kind of her and um obviously wonderful and it's nice so if you have come to the podcast because of that uh sorry that this week's is um <laughs> what it was I was a bit like oh shit <laughs> when that came in but you know hey ha um, anyway uh, next week we are in prime big film territory again with um, George Romero's 1978 Dawn of the Dead uh, a film I've covered in the past in quite big detail so we'll discuss about its censorship and the different versions of it and um, we'll have a bit of a chat around that incredible um, 4K Blu-ray that got released late this year, and early late last year, and has, is going to get re-released as a kind of a spare bones version in a few months, much to many people's chagrin. Um, you know what? Is what it is. It's a it's a fuck, it's a lovely box set, though. You know what I mean with the with the CZ and all that and the, and the, the book. It's, it's it's beautiful, regardless of the fact it cost an eye watering amount of money. Um, and I might talk a bit about well, just my own thoughts about the film, mainly because uh, it's one of my favourite movies, but um, which is why I've covered it. And like me, me and Ramirez, love Ramirez, but um, but some people really don't like it, and I'm quite curious about that. Uh, like, there's a there's a it's a it's extremely overrated crowd, uh, which is fair enough. That's absolutely their opinion. But I'm I'm curious about the two. Anyway, I'm I'm um, I'm going into Dawn of the Dead when I really should be talking about Wrong Way, and I've uh, so I'm going to leave that for now. So until then, take care, and I'll speak to you soon. Goodbye.
I have never seen a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. But how, how can you judge on a video nasty? Oh, you've seen one. I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film. 